Morning, everybody. Morning. I must mention that Andrew's got a good, deep voice. <laughs> okay. Um, last time I came here must have been about eight to ten years ago. Uh, must be that at least. Um, and I'll tell you a bit about the story in the recent days. Um, as you know, I've got a prosthetic leg. And three years ago, I was lucky to still be alive, really. And I'll explain that as we go through this passage together. Okay? So if we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, which is a tremendous chapter, um, because it talks about Paul, and it talks about the Thessalonica church, and it talks about how God used this church in a mighty way. Now, if you have your Bibles, if you look at chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when you look at look at the epistles in the New Testament, ones that Paul wrote either to Galatians or to Colossians or Ephesians, he starts with familiar words to the church of Galatia, to the church of Ephesus, to the church of the Thessalonians. <laughs> and what's so important about that? Not only the fact that it's a church, but also in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So. It's, it's it, obviously he's bringing God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ straight into the equation before we even start. And then it says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of people, we often, we talk, we often talk about grace and we often talk about peace. Well, what does grace mean to you? What does grace mean to me? Well, Scripture clearly says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that by grace you have been saved through faith. But it's nothing of me, it's all of God, and it is a gift from God. So if you're a Christian this morning, and I pray that you are, you have been saved by grace. Nothing to do with what you did, it's all about what God did. Um, and I'll talk about that later in the passage. And then it talks about peace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, the world needs a lot of peace. There are a lot of people suffering today as a result probably of this pandemic. I don't know about yourself, but the church I go to, a lot of people still stay indoors because they're afraid of going out because they're fearful of this condition. And then in other parts of the world, there are people suffering as we speak. You know, what, what really broke my heart this morning was that, that young Moroccan boy that died after being five days down that pit and what the, their parents must be feeling this morning as a result of that. And, and, that's, and, and that's not alone. There are so many people who are suffering, uh, even in this country. Um, we only heard the news this week about the increase in gas, the increase in electricity. The cost of living is going up. And I'm sure, I'm sure you, like me, you know, are slightly worried about what's going to happen in the future. But we have a God who cares. And it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares upon me because he cares for you. So each one of us, he cares for. He cares for <laughs> you and he cares for me. And the peace which God gives is not the peace the world gives, it's the peace that God gives. We have peace with God. We have been saved. We, we no longer uh, are enemies of God. We are children of His 
And what a privilege that is for each one of us to know that we have the peace of God in our lives. So that's the opening two statements in verses 1 and verse, in verse 1. So what's significance about this church? What is significance about this church? This church has been here for how many years now, Dick? 1960. 1960. Yeah. So, a long time ago. And people are in heaven today as a result of what God has been doing in this church. And it says in verse 2, we give thanks to God. How often do we give thanks to God? But it's all here, we give thanks to God always. Not just Sunday morning, not just your Bible study on Zoom on a Wednesday, not only the kids club, it's great to see that there's a kids club here, but also we give thanks to God always. Mentioning you in our prayers. You notice how he praises God before he asks for the petition. It's a bit like the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be his name. And that's so good for us as individuals to know that we can give thanks to God, making mention of you in our prayers. So, and then it says in verse 3, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labour of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So they give thanks to God, they pray without ceasing, and they're looking at three avenues. Their work of faith, their labour of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. There are three words there which are so important for the Christian. The word faith, the word love, and the word hope. And if you get a chance later today, read, read the great chapter of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Of men and women who, in the Old Testament, lived by faith. And yet there are people today who still live by faith. Um, and live as though you know, as though there's no, they are just following God. Because we live in a country which we are so blessed with. You know, you can go out of this room today, you can get a loaf of bread. You can go to other countries and there would not be the money to be in there. And there are many countries that are suffering, and many Christians that are suffering in many parts of the world. So what was their work of faith? And what was their labour of love? Well, in verse 9 and verse 8, it says, Your faith to God has gone out. For they themselves declare how you turn to God from idols. How you turn to God from idols. So this was a, this was a place that was a Roman proconsul. It was a place where there was idolatry, and Romans were very noted for idolatry. But also, we're talking here about the, the fact that they turn to God from idols. And you know, we often hear about idols. We often hear about what is an idol. Yes, there are many, sadly, there are many places in our country today where there are idolatry worship. Where I live in, in the Dingle, there's a big Muslim temple. I've got nothing against Muslims because I've got quite a few friends who are Muslim, but they, they look and, and they serve a false religion. But an idol doesn't have to be a false religion. An idol can be something that separates you from God. Now I'm glad I came 
to Croxford at the time I came. Because if I came an hour later, I wouldn't have got through Anfield because Liverpool are playing today. And the amount of cars that are in that place is unbelievable. But that's just on a Sunday, that's every night, every time there's a match. And for them, that is their God. For them, that is, I mean, that used to be mine, but thankfully not. But you know, it is something that separates you from God. I'm not saying uh, following football is a problem, because it's not, because everyone, or oh, some of us like football, some of us may not. But other things also can separate us, and we just need to be aware, you know, it could even be this church, it could be the church that I go to. If that's more important than God, then that is an idol. And we need to be aware of that as individuals and as a church. So this church, they turn to God from idols. But who did they turn to? But then you see, you notice then the four words in verse 9. They served the living and true God. The God that you and I serve is alive. The God that you and I serve is alive and is not dead. You know, those choruses that we had to bring back memories, they're very old, I love them, they're so wonderful. And then there's another one, God's not dead, he is alive. Do you know that one by Arthur, Arthur Blessed, wasn't it? it was such a long time ago. You'll see, you'll see, remember that. <laughs> so, so God is not dead, he is alive. And that's what they are saying here, that God is not dead to serve the living and true God. How good God is, how good is this to this church? And then it talks there also in verse 3 about waiting for the hope. What is the hope? Well, the answer there is in verse 10 to wait for his son from heaven. Now, the hope that we look at here is not the hope that we, as, as if we were waiting at a bus stop or whether we were doing things of that nature. No, what we're looking at here is to be busy for the Lord. Because we don't know when we will leave this earth. I, well, I can give you an example of that. But we don't know when we actually are going to be with him. But there are people that we know who are not Christians. There are people that we know who are not saved. And they need to know the Lord like we do. I mean, we are no different than anyone else. The only difference is that I believe in Christ and they don't. I'm no better than anyone else except for the Lord Jesus. And we just need to be aware of that. And so, so they are, are the main attributes of this church, but there's a lot more in this passage. In verse 4 it says, Knowing, beloved brethren, your election of God. For our gospel, what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news that you and I have been saved by his grace. That is the good news. And the good news also that if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord, you have the assurance of eternal life. What do you think about that for a minute? Eternal life. You know, where with Jesus, where there's no sin, where there's no tears, and there will be people that are already there, um, that, you know, already there because they've died and they've been saved by God and they are in heaven. And you would know people like that. Now, I'm going back a long time and Eddie would remember this chapter. Remember Frank, he used to go to the prisons? 
Now he is in heaven. He is in heaven. There's no question that he is in heaven. And he was a great influence to me when I used to work in that work. And so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about people that we will see and we're talking about the assurance of eternal life. But you see, there's more to that because it says the good news it came not only in word but also in power. The power of the Holy Spirit. The word of God came by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. So how are you saved? You are saved because you are convicted of your sins. You are saved because the Holy Spirit comes into your life and you are assured that because you realise you just cannot live anymore without Christ that you have to follow and that, you know, there's a tremendous word in the Bible called repent. We all know what repent is. We follow one way, we accept God and we follow another way. And instead of following the world, we follow God. And so they heard the gospel. So the question I'm asking you, as well as I'm asking myself, because I'm asking me more than you, is what do you think of the gospel message? You hear the message here every Sunday, I'm sure of that. And God preached, and the person who comes, whoever it is, preaches the word of God. Now what do you do with that word? Do you accept it? Do you say, oh, I'll think about it tomorrow? Or do you reject it? You can either do one of two things. You either accept it or reject it. Because that's what people do. There's no halfway house. You either accept or you reject. And what did this do? This, this church do? Because remember, they're living in a place where there's full of idolatry, they're living in a place where there was a Roman proconsul, and we know, for those who remember uh, our history about the Romans and how they came to this country, and how they've also gone to Thessalonica. So they heard the word of God, and how did they respond? Well, it says in verse 6 that they became followers of us and of the Lord. Now, the followers of us is important, but the followers of the Lord. So you hear the word of God, each one of us hears the word of God, and they became followers. They became followers of the Lord. And then it says here, having received the word in much affliction. Many Christians in the world today suffer for their faith. You know, you've heard obviously of open doors and of the, of, of the suffering that many Christians are, are suffering as we speak. And yes, if you ask them to change from following God to following man, they would stay with following God because they have the assurance that God is with them in the most difficult circumstances. So this church followed God. This church, it says here, even though suffered with the joy of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now, let's just describe what the Holy Spirit is. It's not an it, and it's not a thing. It's the third person in the Trinity. It's God the Father, God who, who loved, loved us, God the Son who died and rose again, and God the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us to be his mediator between God and man as Jesus is. So the Holy Spirit dwells in our lives. So the Holy Spirit today is in our lives. We don't see it, 
but we know that the Holy Spirit is here because as what God has said. And so there we have here, they became followers. And if you're a follower of God, you just cannot keep the Bible, the gospel quiet. And then it says in verse 7 that they became examples. So do you see what's happening here? They hear the word of God, they responded to the word of God, they were followers of the word of God, and they became examples to all in Macedonian Nakai, but not only in those places, but everywhere where their faith to God, they were speaking about Jesus. Now you may say to me, well, what's that got to do with Croxon Baptist? What's that, how, how can we, when we're only, remember, where two or three or more are gathering thy name, there thou art in the midst. So don't ever forget that. Although we may only be small, God is still here because he promised he would be here. And so we look here and the fact is, this, this church, they became examples. So how can you become an example in this area? How can you become an example of where you live? Or whatever you do, where you work or someone, um, or whatever you do in your, in your life? Well, there's this thing called prayer. How often do we pray? How often do I pray for the people that I know who are not saved? Because you can't do it yourself, but you can do it because God is with us. And you can't do it because he loves us with an everlasting love. And we pray. Now, I've, I've known Eddie for a long time. And about two and a half years ago, um, I had a swelling on my foot. In fact, the swelling was so big that this foot was twice the size of this one. And to say that I was panicking is a bit of an understatement. And I went to the doctors and, and the, I suffered with diabetes and that's the reason why I've got this today. And, the, and I went to the doctors and the doctor said, well, we'll give you some antibiotics. That was on the Monday. <clears throat> on the Wednesday, it was not getting any better. And the doctor says, oh, you need to go into hospital. So that's what I did. And that was, um, that was 2019. 2018, sorry, back in Christmas 2018. And so, and so, and then on top of that, as I was going in, I found an, an ulcer underneath my foot. So to say that I was depressed is an, an understatement. As I remember coming back from church one Sunday night, and I thought, saw this black mark, and the captain my wife said, you have an ulcer. And on top of that, my foot was also swollen. So it was quite difficult at that time. And I was living in a, in a, in a terraced house when I, couldn't, when I couldn't climb stairs because of my prosthetic, because of the moving leg was in a mess. So I went to hospital and then I came home from hospital. But I, what, happened, what then happened was I used to just sit in a chair. I didn't go to church as much. I just sat in a chair and I was just, I was so depressed. So anyone who tells you that you don't get depressed, you just bring them to me. And so they got, I was, I was totally depressed and I was asking God, where's God in all this? Why is this happening to me? You know, sometimes you get selfish, don't you? Sometimes you think, why is this happening to me? And so what happened then was, um, I remember on the Friday that um, I became very ill really. I, saw, I, I, I contact, contracted septus. And you know how bad that can be. 
because I thought that the whole body was not my body. It was just, I just felt I was, I was dying basically. And I said to Catherine, look, I need to get into the hospital. And Dr. Moore, who was a doctor, who said to me a few months later, oh, I'm so glad to see you, because I thought you wouldn't make the night. And so I went to the hospital, and then in those days, it's worse today, I was in a corridor for about four hours to go into a bed. And then the question then was asked, because this, this surgeon came up to me, look, he said, look, your leg, your foot is not getting any better. Now you have a choice. You either have it amputated, or you allow the leg to get worse. And that was, that was not a difficult decision for me because I knew that I had to get my foot amputated. And the reason being is that I had to have my foot amputated then, that the, the disease would have gone up to my groin. And if you've ever seen a person with an amputee up here, it is so difficult. Because the person there, they don't have a knee like I have, they have a piece of metal. And the metal sometimes does not, um, does not bend. And I've seen so many sad cases of people you know, in that situation. So I was left with the choice. And then on the 25th of January, just over three years ago, um, I said, um, I spoke to the doctor and said, well, I'm going to have my foot amputated. Because if I don't, I'm not going to gain independence and I'm not going to serve God. And God wants me to have this foot amputated. So anyone who says that the Christian life is easy, you ask them to come to me. Because that was a very difficult, not a difficult decision as such, but I knew that I had to have it done. And this is what we're talking here about, you know, the gospel came to me. I was a Christian, but the gospel came to me and I had to speak to people and I had to share what God, and then on that particular day, I think there was over 200 people praying for me that I would be healed. <clears throat> and so, and then I remember, and, and this was another thing also, um, on the Thursday, I thought I was gonna get operated on, and then it was in January, and I wasn't because there were so many people with uh, older people broken their foot, so on and so forth. So I had to wait another 24 hours. Again, struggling to ask why that was. But when that happened, I, um, I brought that to the Lord. So why am I saying all this to you? That was just, that was just the start of it. And then obviously I came out of the hospital and I got a prosthetic leg. And I went to exactly here, Entry Hospital. And Entry Hospital really, I mean, God saved my life, or Entry Hospital saved my life. Because I remember I went to the prosthetic wheelchair centre, and I was there from nine o'clock in the morning the first day to five o'clock at night, and they wanted to know everything about my condition and the ins and outs. And I remember when, it, <clears throat> when I was there, I walked between the parallel bars. You know the parallel bars? You would probably know this, certainly. Parallel bars. And as a result, I was able to make my first steps. And to say that I was emotional is an understatement. So I'm saying this to you, not because I'm not asking for any glory, because I'm not. But what I'm saying to you is this, that God saved my life. And anyone who tells me otherwise is not telling the truth, because I know that God, and my relationship with God now is so much better because of the disease that I've had. I'm not saying it's easy, because it isn't. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I don't get pain. One of the worst pains I get is a phantom pain. You hear about phantom pain? Phantom pain is that my leg, is, uh, it 
still says that my ankle is, my leg is still there, but it's not. But now I can walk again. Now I can preach again. Now I can share my faith with other people. And so what I'm saying to you is this. Yes, you look at this chapter and you look at this passage, but don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. Because God wants the best for each one of you. I don't care how young, how old you are. I mean, I'm retired now, just retired. But God has a plan for my life. And he has a plan for your life. Because I know that, because I've been a Christian for so many years. And without God, I wouldn't know what it means to love the Lord. And this is how good God is. And I'll just share this with you, and I know I won't go any further. The Christian life is not easy. I don't care what anyone says, it's not easy. Because in this past week, my eldest son is an alcoholic. And that is difficult. And last Thursday, just gone, I took him to alcohol, to the AA meetings. And it was so good, this is how good God is, that there was someone in that room who shared his testimony and said that God had helped him to save him from alcohol. And my son's not a Christian, but it so challenged him. And because he because he's been, you know, and then if you pray about that, I appreciate it. He split up from his wife, but now he's seeing his kids. Because now he, he needs, he knows that if he doesn't, it's all wrong. But God is in the midst, and God will answer. So if you have problems, whether your families or whatever, bring it to God. Ask God to help you. Ask God to heal you. Ask God to help you to see what the next step is. And as I said to you before, this is not to bolster up me, not at all. It's to bolster up to know that I, if I didn't have God today, I would have committed suicide. That is how good God is. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, for this church. We thank you, Lord, for what this church has done down the years in this place. We thank you, Lord, for the people who used to come to this church who are now in glory because you saved them and because you used this church to bring glory to your name. And we do pray, Lord, for the future. We do pray, Lord, for the group, for the kids' club, for the, for the activities, for the, the joy it was this morning just to see this young lad up here singing the choruses, praise your name. Lord, I just pray that you just have your way now and protect us and keep us in your care. Just bless us, Father, and thank you for the opportunity of sharing ministry in this place again, in Jesus' name.